Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, so, and here we go. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know. We want you to not just know about, but this word is like, know intimately, to fully know what will happen to the believers. So this word has the, has the foundation of faith in it, okay? It's like, ooh, I don't just kind of think this is going to happen. I know this is what is going to happen. To believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. This is a really important truth that we all, we're, we're destined to understand. No matter what, you will understand this at some point if you believe in Jesus. Now, how, no matter how afraid of death you are and afraid or sad or grieve when people die, it doesn't matter if you get it here on earth, but you will, we will all get it when we actually pass away and we believe and put our trust and hope in Jesus. So when we believe and put our hope and trust in Jesus, something fundamentally shifts in our being, in our spirit, man. The Bible tells us it is now renewed from death to life. And we no longer have to grieve like people who don't have belief or faith or foundation salvation in Jesus. We actually see things different. We know things are different. We don't just hope things are different. We know they're different. And when we know they're different, it shifts the way we behave all the time. And that's what we want to talk about and unpack today is why do believers grieve different? What is really happening and what are we called to do and how to live and be in the midst of this understanding? So verse 14, we're just going to read from 14 to 18. So For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, so what we just learned, Jesus lived, he died, and he's doing what? He's coming back. Okay, so these are really important truths. Jesus lived, he died, and he's coming back. Pretty good news. He did not just leave us and go like, good luck out there. I hope you all do good. He's like, no, don't worry. I'm coming back. God will bring back with him the believers who have died. This is super cool, actually. I don't know. For some reason, I get really excited about this moment. Uh, Is that he's coming back, and he's bringing his whole party with him. Everybody who has believed is going to be in this moment. That's a lot of people. And I don't know about you, when, you, when we show up and you, you're with people who also believe and they carry the presence of God, you can feel it today. It's thick in here with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine when we all show up with Jesus all together when he's about to smoke the world, okay? Because <laughs> that's what it's going to say, right? You're like, What? Dude, it's going to be the biggest party of all parties. It is going to, the power of God on display is going to be unbelievable. Church, 
If you believe and you've put your hope and trust in Jesus, you will not miss this moment. You're going to be there. Verse 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still alive when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. We're going to all meet him at the same time. If you make it to the end, and some of y'all, I don't know, with all the stuff going on, some people in here might make it. Y'all might be alive when Jesus comes back. I'm really hoping I am not. <clears throat> I'm hoping I'm the, in heaven coming back. Some of y'all that are a little, maybe even more seasoned than me, right? You're all like, yeah, this for all those young whippersnappers, right? Okay. I kind of want to go to heaven and come back with Jesus. That's, the, that's just my personal preference. You can have your personal preference. Some are like, no, I want to be here. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I think it's cooler to come from the clouds. I want to come down or up out of the grave. I don't know. I just think those sound fun. Um, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. It's a great Halloween message, okay? (laughs) Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord. Now, that sounds pretty cool, too. Let's go. People are coming out of the grave. People are floating in the air. Jesus is coming back. This is why the Bible says, don't believe anybody when they say that Jesus is coming back. Oh, he's back. He's over there. No. If you're not floating in the air and your homeboys from the past aren't coming out of the grave, it isn't happening. When all that's happening all over the whole earth, y'all, we're going to know. And when you hear the voice of the Lord, like the archangel, whatever that is, I never heard that before, but that's going to be big. I'm pretty sure when God speaks, it's going to be a megaphone that the whole world hears at the same time. And if you don't have Jesus, you're going to go, and then everybody else is going to go, and people are going to come out of the grave. When he speaks, I mean, that's what it just said is going to happen. And it's all going to happen at the same time. And we're going to meet all in the air at once. In the power and the glory of God, because he speaks. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. And if you believe, the Bible just said, you will be there. You're not missing the party. You're not missing the party. You got to believe. So, verse 17, then together with them, we who are still alive, remain on the earth, will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and then we will be with the Lord forever. Not sometimes, not for a little bit, forever. So encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other with these words. How many of y'all need some encouragement right now? Right? I mean, we're talking about some events, and we're seeing events happen all over the world um, that are pretty scary. 
Pretty scary. And as Christians, as believers, we really need to know how to lead ourselves and the world around us. And, and I want you to hear this, because this is the word that the Lord just kept dropping into my spirit over and over again was follow. Follow. When you want to know what to do in this environment, the answer is follow. Follow. Now, when Jesus showed up to the earth, he grows until he's about 30 and he learns to obey the Lord. And then he comes and just stumbles upon these common people. And he walks up to them and he just says, come, follow me. And then he goes to another, come, follow me. And come, follow me. And y'all, you know what they did? They followed him. They didn't, they didn't get it all figured out. They just started following whom they believed. Some of them really knew he was the Messiah. They believed he was the Messiah. Some thought he could be. Others are like, I don't know. I'm just going to check this dude out. And some of y'all are like that too. You're here because you're following someone else who's following him. And they said, hey, follow me to church. You're like, I, don't, I guess so. I'm following a dude, following a dude, who's following a dude. <laughs> you guys should never watch that movie. Okay, don't watch that movie. I only saw the TV version of that movie. <laughs> a dude, pretend to be a dude. Okay, it's whatever. All right. Jesus, I'll stay focused, I promise. My little TV brain, it uh, crashes into our world every once in a while. But you don't know. You think, well, maybe Jesus is something or someone or whatever, and then you hear, what? God healed someone because they were following him? I mean, that messes with your head a little bit. If you've never encountered Jesus and you watch someone else and you might have known them, their life was a disaster. And we got some of y'all in this place, some of us, all of us, we were a disaster before we met Jesus. Train wrecks. And when we started following him, all these old behaviors turned around and disappeared and, and started to fall off. And you're like, now that doesn't just happen. So I followed you here to church and you're following this guy named Jesus and I'm watching things fall off of you while you follow that are miraculous. And Jesus is saying to his people, you don't have to have the whole end time thing figured out. And I told you I'm going to give it all to you, the best end time, solve all your end time theology problems in one message. That's what I promised you last week. And then Zach convinced me that I should do it in two messages. So I'm just going to do it in two messages. I'll be humble about it, I guess. Just split it up into two. By the way, that's called sarcasm. If you don't know what sarcasm is, you might not make it long in our church, but you should learn it because it's happening all the time. There's no way I could give you all of the truths about this, but we're going to get a start, okay? And I'm going to give you some things that are the fundamentals that I believe Jesus wants us to focus on. And the first one, when things come to the end, follow. You don't have to figure, just follow. 
And so many people want to figure out all the little details of what's going to happen so they can be prepared. Y'all don't have to do that. That's cool and can be interesting. And if that's your hobby, because you've got so much extra time on top of all the disciples you're making and all the people you're leading to Jesus and all the prayer time that you're in the midst of and, and, and you're serving kids and people and discipling others and you're like, you got your whatever, 20, 30 hours a week into doing that and you got extra time <laughs> to just have another little hobby, cool. But it's not that fruitful and everybody just keeps being wrong over and over and over again about trying to figure it out follow. Don't figure. Just follow. So that's the first thing that Jesus wants you to do. Not saying don't pay attention because he says pay attention. Know the big pieces. Like you got to know those. But honestly, guys, it doesn't take very long to get those. I'm going to give you those in two messages. Okay. So and you're going to get them. And then you'll be like, okay, the rest of it is like, well, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And a lot of crazy stuff is going to happen. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff happening right now that you see in the Bible, you're going like, uh-oh. So then what do we do? Follow. follow. He says, come follow me. When did that change? It didn't. We're dudes following dudes following a dude. That's what we're doing. Our chicks following a dude, following a chick, following whatever. Okay, People following people who follow the, the living God who came to rescue us. And we're doing this 2,000 years later. It's probably real. If you're wondering. Because like, things that aren't real don't last that long. They fizzle out and die. Kind of, well, I'm not going to say that out loud. Okay. <laughs> I choose life. Okay, all right. <laughs> so why do we grieve differently? Let's just unpack this a little bit. We grieve differently because some of the promises that God has made. One, he's coming back. Two, we're going to be with him forever, right? These are promises. If we do what? Follow. So we have to believe to follow, right? So we start following, and then in that following, we believe, and then we keep following. Um, we hope in something that is much bigger and greater than anything we could do in this natural life. And the Bible tells us that is the resurrection, okay? The resurrection with Jesus. So let's look at Matthew. I don't have this one, but I'm going to just quote this for you. Matthew 27, 50. Um, Jesus shouted out again and released his spirit. This is when he was on the cross dying. Then the moment, the curtain in this, that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary, the temple, it torn in two from top to bottom, and the whole earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead, and they left the cemetery. Uh, after Jesus' resurrection and went to the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. When Jesus died, the earth shook and gave up the dead. I mean, yeah. And one of the things that happened before Jesus started to appear to everybody is godly men and women that served God showed up and said, He's real. Je this is real, guys. Jesus just died. Guess what? He, he's about to get rose from the grave. <laughs> and they went around and witnessed. They were like, they softened 
the whole city, people are like, how are you alive? Uh, you know, when Jesus died, I just popped out of the grave. They're like, fuck it. We just crucified him. You're like, yeah, that maybe wasn't a good idea. Or maybe it was. <laughs> For us, it was great. When Jesus, when his power was released, he conquered death. And the resurrection is the symbol. It is the, it is the promise. It's the hope. It's the sign that we all get the same thing. Because what happens next is that Jesus dies and he goes in the grave. And then he comes out three days later in a glorified, resurrected body, a new body. And Hebrews tells us this, and it's in other places, that he was the first one that was actually the first fruits and the promise of the resurrection, the new life, that all his brothers and sisters, all of us, we get the same promise. We get the same thing fulfilled in us. And he was the first fruits of that. That's pretty cool. I don't know about you, but I don't dig my earthly temple so much. My earthly body that I'm in, it's kind of hard, and it hurts a lot. And it's a lot of flipping work. I want to eat pie. You know? I mean, how do you guys just want to eat some pie? And you just get a look at the pie because you're like, the pie's going to give me a pot belly. I don't want a pot belly, but I want pie too. You know what I'm saying? I want pizza. I want anything that's pie. You know? Lord have mercy. Fasting? Who wants to do that? It's terrible. In heaven, you don't have to fast. In heaven, you don't have to worry about your pot belly. Praise God. And there, that gummit, there's going to be pumpkin pie in heaven because I'm going to make it. Y'all can eat it all day. I'll be the pumpkin pie man. That's going to have a pumpkin pie factory. Pumpkin patch. Right, Maggie? We'll, pump, we'll bake some pumpkin pie. Right? Let's go. No heartburn in heaven. I can eat as much pumpkin pie as I want and not get heartburn. Philippians 3.20 says this. But we are citizens of heaven. We are, you believe in Jesus, this is who you are, citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return, here we see it again, as our Savior, he will take our weak, thank God, mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Dude, I love feeling God release his power. When you see it, feel it. It's amazing in this small measure. But in this moment, when you feel the power of God through your life and body, when he gives you a new glorified body, what is that gonna be like? It's gonna be awesome. When the glorious body, we're going to have glorious bodies like his own. Oh, that's going to be good. No more aches and pains. No more fears. No more worries. No more tears. No more sorrow. 
No more loss. I mean, no more sin. Please. Peace. Complete and ultimate total peace when we are in our new bodies and in alignment and in the present, alignment with God and his presence and in the presence of the Lord Jesus who takes that power, gives us new bodies and then puts everything under his feet. Let's go. 2 Corinthians 5.1. I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna do some stuff. Okay. For we know that when this earthly tent, which means our bodies, okay, is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. Yeah. And an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. If God fashions my glorified body, that gummit's going to have abs, nice big lats and deltoids. I was going to look good. Better be a beach in heaven, man. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothes. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. Look at that. You're not going to become an angel. They're not. Angels are separate beings, okay? And when people in heaven or people on earth went to heaven and like John is one of them, he, Revelation talks about this, he tried to worship an angel and angel's like, I'm not God. I'm just a partner with you, yo. We go worship him, dude. Don't start worshiping me. I'm going to get smoked. We're not doing that. Like, we're all going to get in trouble here. We're all going to worship Jesus. He's God. I'm just a partner with you. There are partners that are different types of spiritual beings, and they have bodies. We're partners. We're not just going to be clouds floating around. You're not going to be like Casper the ghost. This is good hope. Like, you're not going to, like, float around and haunt people. This is bad Halloween theology. It's, it's not real, okay? You will be present with the Lord, and you will get a glorified new body and it's going to be made by the very hands of God. And it is real. You'll be able to touch it, feel it. I think it's going to glow a little bit. The, I, with glory. I'm going to have a glory glow. I don't like that. Okay. So uh, let's read verse 4. While we live in these earthly bodies... We groan and sigh. Isn't that what it sounds like when we try to stand up and sit down? I'm like, I really try not to do that. But I'm like, oh, I don't know why. Why do we do that? I mean, you could try really hard not to do that, but it's really hard. You're like, we want to put on whatever, okay. But it is not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies. Okay, rather, we, what, where am I at? I'm getting distracted. Okay, But it is not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. 
Y'all, the Holy Spirit is your guarantee. Fall in love with the Holy Spirit. The more you fall in love with the Holy Spirit and embrace him in your life, the more you're going to feel this guarantee of new life that is promised to you. But if you deny the Holy Spirit, which is what the devil wants you to do, is deny the Holy Spirit, deny the works of the Holy Spirit later. It says here in Thessalonians, where we're teaching out Thessalonians, like, don't quench or snuff out or try to restrict the movement of the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at or despise prophecy where the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking through people. Like, this is important instructions. Like, the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. Of course the devil wants to throw terrible theology out there to tell everyone the Holy Spirit was just for the early disciples and apostles because I, the devil, don't want the church to do anything. That makes sense. <laughs> but it really doesn't make sense that the Holy Spirit would not be fully operational here in this hour and time of all times with billions of people on the planet wrecking everything we need the Holy Spirit. We need every gift the Holy Spirit has. And we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God, which is also a gift from the Holy Spirit inspired by Him to all of us. We believe that's true. But y'all, the, even the Bible without the Holy Spirit is a mess. Because we don't know how to read it. We don't know how to understand it. We don't know how to apply it with the laws of love if the Holy Spirit's not living in and through us. It turns into a disaster. Some of the greatest oppression in the world has actually happened through spiritual abuse with people not being led by the Holy Spirit using the Bible. I'm not saying the, I'm just saying some of the greatest oppression. It's not good. But the Holy Spirit himself is this beautiful, amazing guarantee for us. So verse 6, chapter 5. Verse six, yeah. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident that, when, that we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we'll be, we will be at home with the Lord. Other versions say to be absent of this body means I will be home with the Lord. And there is this real connection here that when we pass away, we will instantly be in the presence of God. And I believe there's probably a moment where God like prints you out a brand new body. Here you go. He makes it with his hand. He like, there's your spirit. And I, this is the way I want to imagine it happens. Is that he just like starts at your feet and he just goes. And you're like, oh, that's my glory, my body is awesome. Because he says he makes it with his hands. Anyway, you imagine it how you want it to be. It's going to happen. And he's going to do it the way he wants it to happen. And I really don't know, but that's how I want him to do it. So maybe he'll do it that way for me because he likes me. Verse 9. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Follow him. Our goal is to follow him, to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. Uh-oh. So you might be here today, you're following a dude, following a dude. Following a chick, following a dude who says he was God. 
I'm telling you, that dude, Jesus Christ, you will stand before him and be judged. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> this is so interactive today. I love it. <laughs> yeah, are you ready? Were you thinking like, are you ready to rumble? That was your thinking? Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the main event. Right? That's your thing. Let's get ready to rumble. Okay, you're like, okay, you're standing before Jesus. It's go time. You're going to give account. These are for believers, by the way. But it's everybody. There are other passages that say, like, everybody's going to stand before Jesus and be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So your earthly body is this thing we all want to shed and doesn't want to do a bunch of good stuff, and we want to shed it, and Jesus came, lived, and died so that we could shed this old body and have a new glorified body made by his hands, and it happens in the instant that we die. We're in the presence of the Lord, and we're given our glorified body and stand before him to be judged. Based on what we have done, in that old earthly body, what our earthly body is right now. I don't know about you, <clears throat> but this is where I get a little fear. Healthy fear. That leads to wisdom. That now in my earthly body, this temple I want to shed, that I want to be pleasing God and serving him, what I do really matters. It matters here on the earth and the people I affect so that they will have an opportunity to follow the person I'm following. And it also matters when I stand before him and give account for what I have and what I have done, <laughs> what I have not done. Good and bad. That moment is an important moment. The Bible tells us that when we believe in Jesus, all of our sin and ways that we have come up short and fallen short, the evil we have done is covered and forgiven by the blood of, blood of the lamb who was slain for our sin. That's Jesus. That's an awesome thing. And I don't want to have a whole big list of things covered by the blood. I already got a big enough list. I don't want to add to it. Are you guys with me? Like, I want to add to the side of that affected more people's life more people are following the man I'm following because I'm following him. And Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ Jesus. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is going to judge. And if you believe, you will be with him when it all happens. That is going to be a very powerful moment. I want to be there. I hope you want to be there too. Acts 1-7, Jesus said this. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud, uh, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he, as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into sky? <laughs> this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The angels are saying, hey, listen, y'all wasting your time right now. Jesus says a couple things. There's a couple major things that happen here. One's what Jesus says and what the angels say, okay? Okay, one, Jesus goes, it's not for you to know the dates and times. Did you see that? These events are going to happen. One of the biggest things that's going to happen is when you die, you are going to be present with the Lord with a glorified body. That's awesome. If you believe in Jesus. The second thing is Jesus is coming back. And you do not have to try to figure it out. He told his disciples directly, stop worrying about the dates and times. My father has this figured out. We'll talk about this next week a little bit more about what does he want us to focus on. And we'll talk about this. Don't miss it. But the, the reality is, is he's saying, don't try to figure out all the dates and times. Stop staring at the sky. He's caught all day. or like, he said he's coming back in the sky. So I'm just going to sit here and look until he shows up. But then a really good friend who comes by, hopefully, is following Jesus, says, hey, remember, Wilbur, you're up there looking at the sky. He's like, remember he said he gave you power to be a witness? And you're supposed to go to Jerusalem. You been to Jerusalem lately? No, I've just been staring at the sky and thinking about dates and times or when the Lord's going to come back. So what'd you receive power for, Wilbur? Well, I don't know, to stare at the sky? No, Wilbur, come on. All the Wilbur's in the room. You received power from the Holy Spirit. He came upon you so you could be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Alaska's the ends of the earth, by the way. It's working. People are following the dude. And more people have followed the dude following the dude, okay? And we're all following him, and it's spread all over the whole world. And, and you should watch Sheep Among Wolves. And, and, and if you haven't seen this yet, you should watch this. It's terrifying, inspiring, all, all of above. But the fastest-growing church in the world, do you know where it is? I think we've said this before. It's in Iran. Like, one of the most troubled places in the whole world, okay, right? And we're just looking at all these events— the people in Iran, the mosques are basically empty there. And those individuals are praying for Jerusalem and Jews in Jerusalem. Muslims, former Muslims, are witnessing to Jews. The Bible says in the end that the Jews will be provoked to jealousy by the Gentiles because the power and the presence of God will be on the Gentiles. What people group could provoke the jealousy of the Jews more than Muslims serving Jesus? Come on. Raising the dead, healing the sick. These, these Christians are serious because they're dying for their faith. 
every day. And the devil can't stop it. You can't stop men and women following the living God. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to follow him. Just start following him, folks. Because his power will come upon you. And you won't know, how do I be a witness? He'll teach you. Just start following him. And he'll teach you how to be a witness. And one of the things that is bedrock in our faith that we're willing and allows Christians around the world and throughout all history of Christianity being willing to give up their life to trade their life and be martyred or killed for their faith is because of the hope in the resurrection. When you know, not just kind of think and know about, when you go back to the beginning, it says they know. Thessalonians says, Thessalonians says, told you it was going to happen. That we know that the hope in the resurrection is real and that Jesus is coming back and we're going to meet him up in the air together. That's going to be a really good moment. It's going to be a really good moment. Y'all, we are saved and empowered for a reason, a purpose, and it's to help others follow him. And so I want you to do this. We're just going to use the cross real quick as that Jesus lived and he died, right? And this is what we heard. And he was crucified. He hung on the cross for our sin. And then he died and he was buried. So I'm going to get dead. I'm going to get buried. Okay, here I am. Oh, so remember the groans? Ugh. And he dies. He's in the ground for three days. And then he raises again. Boom. He comes up. And you know what? He goes and he's like, I'm real. Remember me? Okay, Mary, you're Mary today. Okay, Mary. Right? And come follow me. And guess what I want you to do? It's in Romans 12:1, and then it's also in Ephesians 5:1, but it hasn't been written yet. Okay, so is your body is to be a living sacrifice. And you're to be crucified with me, and you to no longer live, but me to live through you. Will you follow me? I want you to be an example like I was. It's a fragrant offering to the Lord. Will you come here and do this? Will you be crucified with me? This is what following Jesus looks like. <laughs> and now will you, will you die? Will you be buried? Okay. Oh. And now new life in me in Jesus' name. Stand. Come on. New life with me. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, can we do something together now? Because I want you to follow me, and will you follow me? And what about this guy? Oh, let's follow. Will you do the same thing that I did? Will you? Will you just show him? It ain't that bad. It's not. It ain't that bad. Are you sure? You're good. All right. It ain't that bad. Yay. Hey, will you die with Christ? Yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. Oh, that's so good. Now what should he do? Now we're gonna we're gonna die with him down here. Oh, will you? We're gonna be yeah, we're gonna be buried. Get down there. He wants you down there. Yeah. Now will you rise with him too? Oh, you'll rise with him. Oh, yes. Let's go. Yeah. And you know what happens when this happens? The Bible says a party sets off. Yeah. These are both my kids, if you don't know. Okay. And then then 
then you. I want my other brother too. Oh, why don't you? Why don't you teach him to go? Will you go have him? Because now it's a dude following a dude following a chick following a dude who is the son of God. Yeah, he needed it. <laughs> and you teach him how to die. And now you teach him how to die. Okay. And then be raised again. This church, this is why we do baptisms. This is baptism. Baptisms are next Sunday, by the way. If, if you want to rededicate your life or you've given your life to Jesus, it's you who no longer live, but Christ who lives in and through you. And if you have not been making disciples and teaching people to do this, it's time to get baptized next Sunday and start making disciples. If you need healing, there's healing in the waters of baptism. Why wouldn't there be? Is there healing in the resurrection of Jesus? The waters of baptism is the greatest altar that Jesus ever created on the planet. And come on, let's, let's get baptized. Man, you need new life? Come follow him. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.